thanks for listening to the Voices of UMass Med, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of UMass Medical School. Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of Voices of UMass Med. We begin with a question for our listeners. What do a visit to the grocery store, to a jail, a homeless shelter, even to a car mechanic, have to do with becoming a doctor? Our guest today will unravel that riddle as we discuss a unique academic track that's available to future physicians here at UMass Medical School. Let's welcome three guests today. Dr. Andrew Artenstein is the Regional Executive Dean of the UMass Medical School Bay State Regional Campus here in Springfield. And we're also welcoming two third-year medical students who were pioneers of this unique approach to learning medicine. Welcome to Amanda Whitehouse and Colton Conrad. Thank you all for making time. Thank you. Thank you. So Dr. Artenstein, let's start with you. We call this the PERCH track, P-U-R-C-H, stands for Population-Based Urban and Rural Community Health. PERCH is a partnership between UMass Medical School and Bay State Health and is part of our regional campus in Springfield. Why collaborate to start something like this? It's a great question, and I love the fact that you, uh, you referred to our students as pioneers, because they truly are pioneers, both uh, the, these two here and their, their peers are part of our initial cohort, the class of 2021, but also they're pioneers in this new type of medical education that, that we think we're, we're really uh, on the leading edge of out here, which is introducing uh, the gener next generation of healthcare providers and physicians of the future to learning about population health at their earliest stage of development in medical school, really how to care for the communities we serve, not just at an individual level, doctor-patient relationship level, but at the doctor-community level. And in our community here in Western Massachusetts, that extends to very rural, poverty-stricken communities, as well as urban, poor communities, and a host of other diverse communities that we're lucky enough to care for in Western Massachusetts. And I think this works for the University of Massachusetts Medical School because it's very complementary to what they do in central Massachusetts and what they've done for the last 40 years. So let's push uh, a little farther on that because this PERCH track is a little different from the traditional MD track. Um, it really is augmented. It's the MD track plus. And so I'm wondering if you can get more specific about what sets it apart. Absolutely. So e augmentation is, is the precise term we use because these students in the PERCH program at UMass Bay State get the entire repertoire of education that all of the other UMass medical students receive. Plus, they have additional augmented curricular work, both didactic work in the classroom, uh, learning about things like uh, advocacy for their patients with our uh, political leaders in Massachusetts. They learn from patients directly uh, what the best way uh, to uh, learn from them and also how to approach some of the social determinants that impacts the health of the communities we serve. They learn firsthand, or I should say secondhand, but from firsthand folks about uh, nutritional needs, about uh, the fact that we live in a food desert in western Massachusetts, especially in the greater Springfield region, about transportation deficits that sometimes impact our patients' ability to get to uh, appointments with their providers to go to the hospital or to get other needed services uh, and what it's like to live in a very resource constrained environment in a household where there are multiple competing issues including the health of the individuals in the household. 
So let's bring the students uh, into the conversation, Amanda Whitehouse and Colton Conrad. When you applied to UMass, knowing you wanted to go to medical school, did you know right away about PERCH? And what was it that set your mind, you know, got your mind excited about the possibilities? So I think for me, um, I didn't necessarily know about it. So I am from Massachusetts, and it is my state institution. Um, and so I was really excited about that. I've uh, worked in the Boston area for a little while and had heard great things about UMass Medical School as an institution for training great physicians. Um, and so I think it was, you know, clicking around on the website and I had seen Perch and the short description um, and an additional essay and thought to myself, I, the description was um, sort of an emphasis on what I would consider social determinants of health um, and that's something that's kind of drew me to medicine in the first place. Um, and. Yeah, I think took a chance, wrote an extra essay, and, and it was really coming out for the interview day that sort of sold the program to me. I think we really benefit from the fact that the leaders um, and the leadership here at Perch are very passionate about this work, and that was just sort of weaved throughout the entire interview day. Um, people taking time out of busy schedules to come and present to us and talk with us. We should say here that both of you um, were part of the first group of PERCH students, so that's why we're talking about you as pioneers. You began in 2017. Um, Colton, what, what drew you to the PERCH track? So I'm from rural North Carolina, and I before I got into medical school, I was working at a regional medical center in East Tennessee, just outside of Johnson City, Tennessee, where I went to undergrad. And I enjoyed it. It was a level one trauma center. There were all kinds of patients I thought that I saw, but it turns out that I was getting just a very small sample size of what the true healthcare population is in the United States. And something that I wanted, especially while I was training, was to be exposed to a larger variety of patients that look unique as compared to where I grew up. So when I was applying to medical school, I really only applied up and down the eastern seaboard because I didn't want to be super duper far from home. But when I looked at UMass, specifically the PERCH program, which at the time only had about three paragraphs of information about it, it seemed like their goal was to expose students pretty early on to a wide variety of patients in a setting that was really unique and totally different from where I was currently living. So. When I was filling out my application, I got to the, you know, the extra essay, and I believe the question was to talk about um, your experience with healthcare disparities or your experience with what underserved medicine is. And it was just like a super easy reflection for me to think about healthcare disparities in East Tennessee and Southern Appalachia. But I was thinking to myself, man, I don't know anything about healthcare disparities in the inner city or anywhere outside of the South. So for me, it was kind of a no-brainer to want to gun for a school where I could go and learn about urban medicine, which is something I hadn't seen before. I had never seen urban healthcare disparities in my entire life, but also with a mixture of rural-type healthcare disparities, which is something that I was utterly familiar with. So the idea that they wanted to blend these two things together, because although they're different, they're similar in some particular ways, I thought it was going to be a great way for me to see a wide variety of people with a whole host of challenges so that I could train in an environment that would make me a better doctor. 
So I think it's fair to say that a defining feature of the PERCH track is really getting out of the classroom. We talked about some of these um, you know, outside the classroom activities that you're doing. Can you give us an example of one of those that really has stayed with you? Yeah, so uh, one of our, one of the professors here, Dr. Eric Churchill, works with uh, prison populations. And one of the first things that we did after we learned how to interview a patient, I think it may have been our third or fourth time coming out here during our first year, very early on, uh, he actually took a gr half of a group of students out to the jail that he works in and had us interview people and kind of come back and debrief. But while we were out there, it was really interesting. We got to talk to people about their life, you know, their health, their problems with access to health care when they're outside of jail, and basically what sort of health care disparities are you facing even when you're in jail and health care is, you know, something that's supposed to be guaranteed to you. So it was a very interesting experience because I never I had never worked with the prison population or the jail population before. I think a powerful experience for me so far has been um, the fact that we use community uh, like liaisons as part of our curriculum. So there's a group of um, people from the Springfield and Greater Springfield community that come in and teach us in the classroom. So even if we aren't going out of the classroom to have these like um, sort of jail experiences or homeless shelter experiences that you mentioned at the beginning, we're learning from people in the community who have experiences um, with you know different challenges in the community. Um, so they kind of bring that to us. So I want to highlight one thing. Uh, the PERCH track is open to residents of Massachusetts and, of course, also out-of-state applicants as well. Dr. Artenstein, um, I want to dig into this idea of rural populations and urban populations maybe needing a different approach to health care. That might be puzzling to some people. So what are the challenges that, you know, that populations in inner cities or extremely rural areas are really up against on a daily basis? Well, it's a great question, and, and it turns out, uh, to Colton's point, there are, some, there are some unique challenges to each population, and then there's a, a sort of middle ground that where they overlap significantly. Um, you can be in the middle of a uh, highly dense and concentrated urban environment, such as Springfield, uh, and still not have access to nutritious foods. Uh, and in some cases, it's that you don't have access to transportation to get you there. In other cases, it's because you can't afford to buy nutritious foods. Uh, and for instance, some of our patients there who have diabetes uh, need to eat certain things to keep their diabetes more or less in control, yet that conflicts directly with what they can either afford to get or have access to get. The other point is in some of our rural populations, especially in our neck of the woods out here, the opioid epidemic has hit particularly hard. Obviously, it, it's hit all of the United States, especially some of our uh, more vulnerable, vulnerable populations hard. But out here in our rural populations in New England, especially where um, there's uh, less opportunity in terms of economics. Uh, it's hit particularly hard in rural regions or particularly underserved in that respect. Uh, a main feature of that has to do with the loneliness uh, encumbered by uh, a rural environment. And it's not just physical loneliness, but it's also the emotional loneliness and the sense of hopelessness 
Um, so our students are exposed to those things. I should also mention, uh, you didn't ask directly about this, but to the, the, uh, the students brought up a very good point, which is that leadership here has taken a great stake in this, and it goes beyond just our medical students. Our senior leadership and our mid-level leadership is exposed to a poverty simulation every year, for instance. So we actually, the students have also uh, uh, participated in this as part of the PERCH program, but our leadership has as well. At the very most senior levels, we have actual simulation days where we will bring in members of the community and community agencies, experts in this, and we are each given roles to play in a family to begin to understand, not at quite the first-hand level, but at a slightly removed level, but more than we would normally, uh, begin to understand what it's like to live with a very resource-constrained, where there's no paycheck coming in, where you have to make decisions about uh, medicine versus food, or transportation versus getting your kid to school, and those types of things. Um, and so leadership has really embraced this, and that's why I think that this program has actually begun to deliver on our promise to the students. And uh, the fact that they were willing to sort of step up as that first group and take, a, uh, I consider it, take a chance, uh, I give them tremendous credit for it. Uh, so I want to ask all of you, is it enough to appreciate some of those reality checks that your patients will be dealing with? or, or at what point do you start to, I mean, how do you think about addressing some of those? It's one thing to understand it and appreciate it. How do you help? I think something that um, I've been inspired to get involved with has been advocacy and health policy. Um, so there's a number of sort of national organizations, and we did have the opportunity here through Perch um, to speak with a local representative. And yeah, we spend a lot of time discussing sort of the intersections with health, so it's food, it's housing security, it's education, all of these different things. Um, and it, I often think about how to impact them kind of at that 10,000 foot level. Um, and in my mind, a lot of that can be achieved potentially through policy actions. Something that I think is particularly embarrassing about the healthcare system in the United States is that the future of medicine involves going back to basics. And it's the things that people have overlooked for so long in favor of paternalistic medicine. But when you look at better outcomes, less sick people, what really matters is prevention. And I think that you can't understand how to prevent someone from getting sick if you can't meet someone where they're at. So whenever you talk to people, specifically people that work in healthcare, um, even on the policy level, what people are focusing on now is let's understand these populations of people, where they're at, what their specific needs are, because there's not a one-stop fix-all for every single population of people. What you would do to intervene for prevention in Springfield might be different, would be different than how you would intervene uh, for preventional health care in Northeast Tennessee. So I think that a one-stop fix-all model that we've been using to treat patients is the wrong idea. And looking at it through a lens to try and understand where people are coming from so you can meet them at that level and treat them not how you would want to be treated, but how they need to be treated is the right model for healthcare. And I think that's where we're going. So I think having an emphasis on wanting to understand different populations and understand them how they understand themselves is the future of healthcare. And the beautiful thing about programs like PERCH 
uh, and, and there are some others that I'm aware of uh, that approach it slightly differently but for similar ends uh, in the United States is that we're, we're introducing these very important concepts to uh, people who are training to be physicians. What we're, unfortunately, what we're left in the position with, to Colton's point, with our existing cohort of physicians in the United States is trying to retroactively introduce some of these concepts because they were never taught in medical school until very recently and in, most, in many schools they're still not taught. They're just very traditional in their approach. Our patients uh, have changed though and the, the setting has changed and we need to approach them in an entirely different way if we are going to actually be successful in having healthier communities, which is our goal after all. So um, just to be very concrete about this, approximately 20 to 25 students in each school of medicine class at UMass Medical School are enrolled in this PERCH track. So out of 162, about 25, the first class will graduate as the class of 21. 2021. So as every year 25 physicians with this appreciation and training enter the workforce and start taking care of patients, Dr. Artenstein, what is the long-term impact that you and your colleagues are hoping to have? Well, the, the next, this next generation, which will begin with these folks here and their colleagues in a couple of years, this next generation will begin to uh, plant those seeds that will actually change the way we look at the practice of medicine and, and healthcare in general uh, and will lead the way, I hope, in uh, the not-too-distant future to, to healthier people uh, and a more satisfying experience with our healthcare system. I wonder if any of you can articulate, is there, a, is there an ideal student that you look for for the perch track, or are you noticing characteristics among your cohorts that um, uh, that uh, certain types of people are particularly drawn to this? That is a really good question, and I can't say that there's a particular archetype for the person that would go into perch, but I think it is maybe a self-selecting group, although we are varied. I think that there is a desire for people, and if you stick around to watch several of us interact, um, there, it doesn't take us long to start talking about things like politics or policy or healthcare. It's something that we're particularly passionate about, and that's not to detract from people that go to medical school elsewhere and aren't in something like the perch track. But I think that, and I can speak to the people that I go to school with in particular, I, I think that there is that draw to not only acknowledge that something is wrong with healthcare, but that it needs to be fixed. And I think a lot of people can agree on that, but I think a lot of my classmates are really gung-ho about being the ones to try and fix it. And I think that that's the type of person that I've been surrounded with in my first two years of medical school. Dr. Ardenstein, from the admissions point of view, is there something special you look for in PERCH candidates? There is, but it's not one thing. It's sort of a phenotype, a, a, a characterization, a, a person who cares a lot about social justice, who thinks a lot about medicine beyond just clinical medicine and where else medicine touches in the spectrum of, uh, of human experience and human suffering. And it comes out, uh, uh, the students raised the, the extra essay, which I, I <laughs> chuckle at a little bit because we, we, our initial concern was, you know, this is a little bit of a bar and, and these folks are writing a 
dozens of essays and doing a ton of work, and they all have day jobs while they're doing this, typically. Uh, but we decided to ask a very focused question that really forces that reflection uh, on, the, on the candidate's part to really get at what is their motivation for this and how does their experience justify that motivation. And you can see it in all of these students, I, I agree. It's different in everyone, but there's these common threads about social justice, about caring about a bigger world than just the one right in front of them. And they're amazingly accomplished, and uh, as are all the medical students I meet these days at UMass. Um, uh, very highly accomplished individuals, but these folks also have a specific slant towards the sort of the bigger world around them, which we get, which comes out both in the in the interview process, but also in the written process. And I'm guessing that extra essay is not a huge deterrent, since I know demand for the uh, program is very strong. So Amanda and Colton, as we wrap up, let's uh, ask you to look to the future a little bit. You'll be graduating 2021. It will be here, I'm sure, before you know it. What are your hopes and goals, at least at this point, uh, as, as for how you want to practice, where you want to practice, what impact you want to have? I think for me, I was drawn to the PERCH program in part because I was interested in primary care and I think social determinants of health sort of play such a role in delivering effective primary care. Um, and so in terms of kind of looking forward to the future, I'm not sure kind of where we'll end up um, or where I'll end up necessarily, but taking with me the things that I've learned here and who knows, maybe ending up here, but um, I think our experience here has been sort of invaluable. The experiential learning opportunities, the jails, the homeless shelters, the patient populations we've had um, the privilege to interact with um, will all kind of shape where, where we'll go in the future. Yeah, I, I can't say for sure where I'm going to end up. I think the residency match is definitely not up to me. But along the lines of what Amanda was saying, it's kind of taking these lessons and applying them broadly because in an isolated setting, we're in Western Mass, we're in this PERCH program, everyone around us is really psyched about it. They want us to all be gung-ho about it. I think the most important thing for me is going to try and stay that gung-ho about these things that I'm passionate about throughout my career and trying to change things in a way that I see beneficial to patient populations. Because in the state that we're in now, the state that healthcare is in, I don't think we can afford not to make drastic changes to, del to the delivery of patient healthcare, no matter what specialty you end up in. I think social determinants of health plays a bigger role than it's particularly been given credit for in the past. And I think that taking that idea along with us and being as contagious as possible about it is what's going to um, make things all the better wherever we end up. Our goal in this program is actually to populate our future world with uh, providers and physicians who were sort of enlightened in this view. So regardless of where they go, whether it's Western Mass, whether it's the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, whether it's New England, or whether it's the world, they bring this uh, experience and these learnings with them uh, to create a better environment for everybody. Thank you all so much for sharing your experiences and insights about PERCH. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. The PERCH track for medical students is a partnership between UMass Medical School and Bay State Health. Dr. Andy Artenstein is the Regional Executive Dean of the UMass Medical School Bay State Regional Campus in Springfield. Amanda Whitehouse and Colton Conrad are third-year medical students. Best of luck to both of you. 
on graduation and beyond. To learn more about the Perch Track, go to the School of Medicine admissions page at umassmed.edu. Keep up to date with everything happening at UMass Medical School by following us on Facebook at UMass Med, on Twitter at UMass Medical, and on LinkedIn at University of Massachusetts Medical School.